Hello, I'm Dr. Margaret, and you're listening to Journey into an Unknown World on Web Talk Radio. What I'm wanting to talk about in this particular show is the way we self-hypnotize ourselves in any given situation. So let's begin with something simple. You go to the movies, you see a horror story, let's say it's Dracula, and you sit on the edge of your seat and you feel really scared and waiting for the big vampire to come and gobble you up as it were. And then you get outside afterwards and you laugh and, and joke about the movie until you go to bed. And then suddenly, for no reason that you can really think of, you don't feel so easy in your home. And maybe the bed covers are not quite high enough over your neck. And before you know where you are, every night you fall asleep out of fear that something is going to come and get you while you're trying to rest. Now, that might sound a bit silly, and yet at the same time, I'm sure you can identify with that kind of scenario. But let's talk something more simple. Let's say it's an everyday event, like you've gone swimming, and you're in the pool having some fun, and suddenly some other kid jumps in on top of you and nearly knocks the wind out of you and come bobbing up to the surface shocked and angry and emotionally really upset that the particular ruffian hasn't taken more care but he's already long gone and doesn't even know he scared the wits out of you and the next thing you know you don't want to be swimming you want to go down the shallow end where you can stand and feel safe and it's not long before you've told yourself, well, swimming's not really much fun. I don't want to go anymore. And you quit going. And of course, given time, you tell yourself, I can't swim very far, etc. Or here's another scenario. Maybe you've been in a car and you're sitting at the traffic light waiting for your signal. And all of a sudden, bang, you're lurched forward into the center of the cross streets by some idiot who's come driving too fast, hit the brakes and not stopped in time. Has that happened to me? Yes. Did I like it? No. And I'm sure you wouldn't either. The next thing you know is how can you trust all those other drivers that are out there that they are not going to do something stupid the next time you're out and about. So the next thing you know, you're driving cautiously. And who knows, maybe that caution is too much and you could be causing an accident somewhere behind you and you'd never know it. We all do lots of different things on a daily basis that put a panic into our heart. Fear grips us. And in that moment, we tell ourselves, hey, I'm not able to do something I used to do. I don't really want to do it anymore. I had a gentleman who had a car accident and couldn't get himself to drive anymore. So he came to us for hypnosis one session and he was able not only to drive his car but also to drive as his business allowed, going far and wide, enjoying driving. 
what did we do that stopped him being afraid that someone else would hit him? Well, quite simply, we replaced one idea with another idea. You see, your brain cannot be in two emotional spaces that are opposing at the same time. You try it. Try and think of a really, really sad time and then superimpose on top of it a really, really happy time. You can't think of them both at the same time. Your brain says, well, okay, I'll be sad first, then I'll be happy, or I'll be happy, then I'll be sad. What I wanted to do today was to talk to you about your brain and just how amazing it is. You take it for granted, and I've given you some hypnotic moments where you have reason to remember some experience you've had. That hypnotic moment was caused by an overwhelming sense of emotional expression. But what really goes on in your brain while you're doing many things at once? For example, you could be driving the car while singing your favorite song, thinking about the chores you're going to do later in the day, and even turn to your kids and tell them, be quiet because you're trying to focus on your song, or whatever it might be. Driving a stick at the same time. <laughs> I remember doing that years ago. Of course, today many people have automatics, but even so, you're still going to be thinking about many things at once. Well, somewhere in history, you learned to do one thing at a time and then eventually to multitask. So you might be proud of yourself that you can focus on many things at once. And you may be excellent, for example, at learning different languages. Or maybe you're an archaeologist who loves to look at old buildings and guess how just ancient they are and what the people were like who lived back there. Or perhaps you're a scientist who likes to look down into a test tube constantly searching for something new, some kind of cure or the dynamics of the gene or something that most of us don't even bother to think about. Well, without our brain, we wouldn't be able to do any of those things. In case you don't know, the cortex of your brain is like a cauliflower to look at. It's got many crevices in it. And they say that if you could spread out all those crevices, you would be looking at something like a square yard of surface. That's three by three feet, or a meter approximately square. It's a bit bigger. But I just want you to understand that you have a lot of surface upon which your brain is processing all the things that you're seeing, hearing, thinking, and feeling, as well as touching and, you know, going through emotionally. Lots going on in your brain. Everything that you can possibly do is done by what we call energy passing through neurons. In your brain are over two million cells that are busy processing what you're doing. In fact, some people say there are even more, but since no one can really visualize or imagine two 
billion cells all side by side, it's pretty impossible to get a picture of. So I'll say to you, just think about how much hair you have on your head, whether they're fine or thick. There are hundreds and hundreds, thousands of hairs. And yes, you grow new ones all the time. So in the same way, your brain is killing off cells and growing new cells. And all the time, you are sending electrical impulses around your brain, which are being processed into an order that suits you emotionally. The last show that I did, I talked about feeling of entrapment. In this show, talking about the brain, I'd like you to realize that there is also a very ancient part of your brain, which is the cortex, the medulla, deep in there, is the primary human being, the ape person, if you like, that knows how to hunt for food, how to go potty, how to wash your face, and so on. So when you were very young, this ancient part of your brain automatically kicked in for you to learn primary things such as survival. So if you think about, for example, a buffalo birthing its baby while the lions and tigers are watching, that little creature is able to stand up almost immediately and to run behind mum without any thought. Well, we are no different from those animals. The moment we're born, that ancient part of our brain kicks in to stimulate us to want to be able to move, wriggle, suck, defecate, open our eyes, and sense the world that we have just been born into. And of course, we learned how to breathe immediately. Isn't it amazing that the instinct that comes from our psyche, our deep subconscious, spiritual self, can manifest through the central brain? Within no time at all, you are able to be consciously aware that you exist. You know that by the way people touch you, your mother breastfeeding you and so on. And at that particular moment, your brain is working so fast using all those billions of cells to make your presence known. You may cry, gurgle, and of course you begin to recognize the elementary beginnings of speech. Given a year gone by, you have learned your primary words. You have learned to stand and walk. You have learned that you feel dirty when you mess your diaper and so on. And given another year, you have learned to be clean, to use the potty, to speak many words, to express your opinions, however brief they may be, and, of course, to gain as much attention as possible by all those who are in your family. Of course, during those years, you weren't judging yourself. You weren't comparing yourself with anyone else. You were simply learning a way of life. But by the time you're in your teenage years, you have learned to judge. You've learned to condemn anything that doesn't suit you. You've learned to put yourself down and complain about things that you're doing. And all those ideas have been stored in your brain. Of course, as you've learned to speak and tell people how you feel and think, 
You have been exercising your throat muscles all the time, along with your face muscles in expression, and by the time you're an adult, you have created a tremendous amount of habits that you will follow for the rest of your life. <coughs> that old part of your brain has monitored your abilities to move the muscles in your body, to stand and to walk and to talk, etc. So by the time you're an adult, you really don't even question it. It's just something you do. But I'd like you to realize that whatever you are doing, it has been learned by you in this life. There are lots of people who say to me, well, I must have brought this ability or this skill from a past life. The truth is that even if you have had a skill such as being a musician in a past life, you still have to find a musical instrument here in this life and you still have to learn to put your fingers on the strings or on the keys or whatever it is and twiddle them back and forth until you can make a tune and practice, practice until you get really good at it and by then you feel inspired as though you've always played a musical instrument before. Those kinds of things are your talents or they're your skills and they should never be taken for granted because as you use them you should be giving yourself a tremendous amount of pleasure. Now I'd like to pause here a minute and remind you that I am offering to those who really need help a 15 minute free reading. All you have to do is email me at drmargaretrvc at gmail.com. That's D-R-M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T-R-V-C at gmail.com. And I will return with an audio recording for you to help you. Now let's get back to the brain. So now you know that the cortex of your brain is very busy processing all your thoughts, arcing energy across that entire surface, going down in the nooks and crannies, giving you information for you to process on a deeper level. What is your subconscious doing? Well, you're fishing around in there looking for old memories where you can compare things. So even though on a conscious level you may say I'm going on a diet, your subconscious may be saying, but I remember when I tried diets before and they didn't work, so why bother? I'll just carry on eating the same foods. So the problem is that you can't break the habit of eating the things you love. And of course those things make you get fatter and fatter. But supposing you could tap into your deep subconscious, your spirit self, where you can give yourself a new idea, such as a diet that involves pleasurable, tasty things might be fun to try. And then go out and try a juice with a new ice cream in it, or some vegetables that you've juiced together with plenty of flavor. And suddenly you'll find your taste buds change. Why? Because your brain has processed the food that you've eaten in a different way. Now, you have a choice to slip back and repeat old habits and old routines. And if you do, you know you suffer until you get fed up with yourself and then you start saying, hey, 
I want to try something else again. Well, maybe you need several of those loops before you finally get fed up with yourself and say, enough's enough. I really want to change. Let's take a pause here. What does change mean? When I ask people, they usually look at me, sigh, and say, something bad's going to happen. And I say, well, what if the change is good? They say, well, I don't think I'd know how to cope with something nice. I'm used to coping with the bad, so I'd probably go on a holiday around the world and twiddle my thumbs for a while. Okay, so when you've done that holiday, what next? Oh, I have no idea. I'm too busy thinking about my problems. Well, your brain is processing the many opportunities that are available to you. But if you've been putting negative ideas into your subconscious, you've stored them up. You've got a little mountain there that is against doing anything. Whereas if you've been active and out there doing all sorts of things, you've built a little mountain of positive beliefs. Okay, you've got nothing in the way. You're going to get on with your life and have fun. I wish we could all say that we're all like that. But most of us, unfortunately, like to do things a hard way. And the conscious mind, as I said earlier, loves to switch things around, make up stories, get into illusion and fantasy, and then convince self that one's idea is the right idea, that nothing good ever happens. So what can we do with the brain? Well, I began by talking about the early stages of trauma or events where we go into hypnosis. What you can do for yourself is put yourself into hypnosis. You can take deep breaths, learn to meditate, take yourself from your conscious mind, through your subconscious mind, into your deep subconscious mind, you will reprogram yourself with the deeper thoughts that you can do whatever you want to do. Now I realize that some of you will say, I don't know how to meditate, I can't guide myself into any state of meditation or hypnosis, I always fall asleep. So this is where, once again, I can help you. Yes, I have a recording of the three mind induction. A little talk in the beginning, followed by leading you into that deep state where all three aspects, your conscious, subconscious, and deep subconscious minds become one. And in that state can reprogram you to be positive. You can find this on my website, which is www.sumaricenter.com. I'll spell that S U M for mother, A R I S again for sugar, center spelt American.com. Now, if you don't want to do that, then there's an easier way. Some people are kind of lazy and don't want to meditate, and I can understand that. So I also made another recording which is called Shuffling Your Point of View. This is very easy because it involves shuffling a pack of cards. You can do that in your imagination or you can do it in reality, taking your issue and transforming that into a better point of view. 
Again, if you're interested in downloading that or get your own CD, then you can get it from my website, sumaricenter.com. But let's go on. Maybe you think you need more than that. Maybe you think you need to deal with some bigger issues such as stop smoking. Or maybe you want to improve your game, such as uh, one of my students recently wanted to be better at golf, and I'm happy to report she thinks she's much better at that game, and so does her husband, who plays with her all the time. So yes, we can make your own specialized recording of hypnosis for you. All you have to do is write to me at drmargaretrvc at gmail.com and tell me what your problem is and what you'd like to change about yourself and I will be happy to make you your own very personal hypnosis recording so that your brain will be able to shift your point of view easily without any stress and strain. I will not be controlling you. I will not be telling you what to do. The words are given to me for you by your spirit guides so that when you go into the hypnosis with me talking to you, I would like you to remember that though you hear my voice, it is the voice of your spirit guides guiding you to exact point where you need to be for yourself so that you can become a much more positive person with lots more to do in your life that is fulfilling. Again, if you'd like to take advantage of this, you can go to my website, sumaricenter.com, and click on Hypnosis, and you'll see there the ways to connect with me so that I can do this for you. Again, you can write to me at my email address, drmargaretrvc at gmail.com. But now, we've discussed the cortex and we've discussed the old brain. I want you to know that the center of your brain is a very busy place. It's where everything crosses over from the left to the right lobe, back and forth. If you were to have a stroke or have some unfortunate accident and damage your brain, here's the amazing thing. Because of the center of your brain, Science has now proved, something that I've been saying for a long time, that the brain will compensate. So where people used to say, well, if you've had a hemorrhage on the left side, that's the end of the workings of your brain on that side, well, it's not true. Because you can send a message across to the other side of your brain and it will compensate and in some place completely take over, giving you back all your function. Here I'd like to mention that incorporating crystal acupuncture and pterogram therapy with a stroke will bring a person all the way back to normal healing if we catch them within the first 24 hours of having had the stroke. We can include the hypnosis and you'd be amazed. We've seen so many positive results so coming back to the midbrain, I want you to understand that that part of you is really in the core essence of your spiritual being. Your crown chakra 
flows energy all the way down through your third eye, throat, heart, solar plexus and base chakra, allowing you to send energy out to your extremities so that your brain can process everything that it experiences. So here's the most important part to remember. You may think your heart leads away, or you may think that your brain leads away because it's so clever. But the truth is, it's your spirit that leads away. It is your spirit that gave life to your brain. It is your spirit that helped your brain develop and grow your body in the womb. It's very important to recognize that each of you has a spirit within that should be honored and respected by yourself and in one another. I know in religious organizations the philosophy is to honor and respect one another, but the truth is you don't have to go to church to see the beauty of a spirit in another being. Just look at their smiles. Just look at the way they walk and talk. You'll see the joy in their eyes. You'll see the mirror image of the soul when they're happy. But it doesn't end there because you're also aware of the miserable people. So next time you see someone who's downtrodden, whose eyes are sad, and who looks miserable, remind them that deep inside them is their spirit self that is working their brain, helping them to organize their thoughts, move their body, remember things past, plan the future, and in many ways live a life that is for the spirit a joyful experience. You might say, how can having a miserable life be a joyful experience for the spirit? Well, in the process of going without, there is an awakening to abundance of spiritual energy from the oneness. And in that state, can receive great joys and can ultimately manifest so many things that were not realized beforehand. I know in my own personal journey that there have been many ups and downs, but if I hadn't have had those events, I wouldn't be here speaking to you today. I wouldn't have all the skills that I have. I must acknowledge all my clients, students, friends, acquaintances, and strangers who have in some way influenced me to become the person I am. And at the same time, I must recognize that my brain has processed everything and brought it into my character and personality in such a way that I can hopefully delight many. It doesn't mean that I might not upset my children occasionally or get on the wrong side of a local neighbor. That's human nature. But ultimately, to question the experience, to understand what has occurred, and to see the joy of that experience brings each of us one step closer to understanding one another. In moments of joy, we have pleasure together. They're treasures. And everywhere we go, if we open our eyes and we look around, we can use our brain to see those pleasurable things. We can become a part of something good.
At this particular time, the world is in controversy. Many countries are at war. Many are starving. Many have no water. Many are drowning in too much water and so on. We have to realize that everyone is going through some kind of lesson and that that lesson should be appreciated and understood as a way of developing strength, endurance, personality, character, and a connection to God. So I want to leave you with this idea that if you think you've done a lot already, there's still much more to do. And if you think you haven't started yet, there's still plenty of time to start. So begin this minute to appreciate that your spirit is manifested in your body at this time so that you can go out there into the world with your brain working, helping you to walk, to talk, to do your work, to play your games, to socialize, to even understand technology, to think about the universe, the planets, the stars, the beginning of creation, and so on. Within your spirit self are answers, and you must search for them. So open your mind up to the idea that you can develop your abilities to listen to that deep subconscious self. Whether it's in intuition or instinct in the beginning, or whether you take a psychic development course, whatever you choose to do, it will be your pathway towards a greater understanding of yourself in this life. I might like to add here that I'm very happy to announce that we have established an online school called sumariseducationcenter.org. You can go there through my website, sumariscenter.com, and make the link for now. And what you'll find is my first course on psychic development. So if you've listened to this show and you feel that you are ready to go into the deep subconscious part of your brain, tap into your spirit self, and listen to your inner truths. That may be a way that I can help you once more. If not, write to me, ask me some questions. I'll tell you no lies, and I will give you that free 15 minutes. So until I'm on again, enjoy the many back radio shows of Journey into an Unknown World. You can download them from iTunes and then you can listen to them while you're driving or doing something else. So be happy. Always laugh. Always see the best in everything. Your brain can do that, you know. It's very easy. Just say, here I am in the midst of bad, but what is good? You'll see it. So until we meet again, be happy.